Hello listeners, and welcome to this second episode of The Discussion. I am Libby Harris, and with me today are the co-founders of Females for Finance, Anisha Arcott and Grace Baghdadi. Females for Finance is a startup company as of 2020, with the mission of bridging the inequalities in the financial industry, which include women being far less likely to invest their assets and occupying less than 15% of all executive financial positions. They're aiming to achieve this by empowering high school girls with a foundation in financial literacy and investment through a series of online programmes, career workshops and expert talks. Good afternoon, Grace, and good morning, Anisha, who is joining us from America. And thank you both for joining us today to talk about your organisation, Females for Finance. So just before we kick off properly, would you mind giving our listeners just a more personal and probably a more comprehensive understanding of what it is you do and what it is you offer at Females for Finance? Yes, would love to. Um, Thank you so much for having us join this um, amazing podcast. So Females for Finance provides free online programs to high school girls primarily. And one of the main things we do is our live five-week program. So we offer bi-weekly lectures teaching financial literacy and really an intro into the world of finance. We do this through our speaker series, a discussion section, and also skills-based workshops, as well as mentor circles. And we have a live version as well as an asynchronous version. We also continue our mission to bridge the inequalities in the finance industry through our high school chapters and soon our university chapters. Brilliant. But Grace, thanks so much. That was great sales pitch you got going there. Um, so Anisha, if you want to take this one, I mean, the mission that you guys have set out is obviously admirable, so important. But I was just wondering, it seems such a huge task to kind of say you want to empower high school girls. So what kind of slice of the pie are you aiming to take and what, what do you see as success for females with finance? Yeah, definitely. We think, you know, empowerment can mean a lot of things. And what we're thinking about in particular is financial empowerment through literacy and just kind of take the reins on their professional career and make their own decisions about where they want to go and feel empowered to do so. Um, So we always say, you know, our long-term vision or the way that we would define success is where um, all boardrooms across the country have half the seats and across the world, I suppose, um, half the seats are taken by women. And, um, you know, we think that having more women in leadership positions, particularly in the finance industry, but also elsewhere would be a great marker of success. Obviously that would be um, a little bit further down the road, but in the meantime, we're trying to, you know, take, one step at a time and work away at this problem by empowering young women with financial literacy skills. And just to add on, I think that even if we have a few more girls more confident in their own financial literacy, who know about saving and investing, we think that that would still be successful. And hopefully some girls will actually consider going down the path of a finance career. So that's our more short term goal. Yeah, absolutely. When I was, uh, I was just on your website looking at one of your programs and it talks about in week three, suddenly you give your, you give your high school girls kind of a chance to start investing. How, how has that gone for, how has that gone for everybody? I mean, have they seen success or like, how do you coach people to just suddenly start investing? Definitely. Um, so with that opportunity to invest, it's with virtual money. So not, not taking on too much risk by giving money to, you know, 16 and 17 year olds just yet. But um, it's a good, you know, 
uh, dry run of what investing would look like and kind of helps them um, get a good grasp on what the mechanics of investing looks like and what it means to have your own stock portfolio and look at it every day and try to make, you know, well-informed decisions about where you should be investing your money and how and on what time frame. So it's not with real money yet, um, but it is a good exercise in how to invest your money and how to be cognizant of um, various factors as you make investment decisions. So yes, I did not exactly. with real money. Oh. Sorry, Grace. You can't. <laughs> oh, no, just to add on to what Anisha said, um, we think another important skill that we teach through this market simulation is just gaining the habit of reading the market news, kind of waking up every morning and understanding, okay, what big events are going on and how is this going to affect my investments? And this is a really important skill that frankly, most adults lack. And we really want to ingrain this mentality in our girls. Brilliant. This sounds so exciting. I think I need to jump on one of your programs now. Um, okay. So we've spoken a lot about how you want to empower high school girls. What kind of, are these the customers that you have been receiving so far? So for example, could I as a university student jump on or how have your customers kind of matched up to what you expected? Yes, yeah, so, so far our main target audience have been high school girls. So um, I guess this differs um, from country system to system, but um, these are girls ages 14 to 18. And so far we've had girls from over 15 countries and over 40 schools. And the type of girl we have um, really varies. So we have obviously um, some very top boarding schools in the US, also some top public schools, but um, we also have girls from um, more disadvantaged backgrounds. And moving forward, we really want to expand that um, our demographic to reach um, girls from even more diverse backgrounds because um, we think it's really important to especially help the girls whose parents may not know anything about finance or who don't have the same opportunities. And the girls have been really sweet, really motivated. We have a application process and an interview to get into our program to ensure that they're really motivated. And we've been really blown away by the quality of the candidates and every girl who's um, participated in the program. Um, we had uh, actually a 100% satisfaction rate with our level one program well that we ran in the fall of 2020. And we are continuing to develop our level two program where many of our alumni have joined. So I think that's been quite successful so far. Wow, yeah, there's definitely a fab marker for success. And the scope, I didn't even realize, that is brilliant across so many countries and diversity and different backgrounds. It's just amazing. Are you looking to expand this kind of to university level then, seeing as you have had such success with high school girls, or are you just, gonna, just going to stick with them for now? Or how do you think it might be different to launch your, your company into like, the kind of target audience of university students? Yeah, um, we're actually currently in the process of doing so. Um, we're working with students at University of Michigan, Wellesley, Berkeley, and so forth to establish chapters of our organization at their colleges. Um, these chapters kind of have two important facets. So one is that they will be very important uh, and a very important part of our organizational structure because we hope that these college women who join these chapters will assist in teaching high school girls and mentoring high school girls. But the other facet of these chapters is that opportunities to partake in networking and recruitment events from our partner banks and partner organizations. So um, 
in the long run, we want these chapters to function in two ways. One, to help out our high school girls and teach them and mentor them, but two, to continue empowering women by offering these college women, you know, these opportunities to um, explore the finance, po possible finance careers and kind of assist them in pursuing those careers. Brilliant. Yes, that's a good plan for expansion. I'm sure everyone's really excited to see where you guys take this. Just kind of like, on the other half of that, obviously you've got a professional network that you'll hopefully be building up as well and all these women who you aspire to go into finance, they can be part of your network too of course. So how big do you want your professional network to be and kind of what have you achieved so far with that and what do you think it adds to females for finance or the women you've managed to connect with so far? Yes, um, professional network is obviously one of our priorities here at Females for Finance. We really want to provide a community for the girls who are undertaking this program so that when they decide to, or if they decide to pursue a career in finance, then they will have this already pre-built network of other amazing women who have the same goals. And we certainly have taken advantage of our own professional network um, as we've been building up Females for Finance. So first of all, um, both Anisha and I are going to be interning at um, Morgan Stanley and Investment Banking and um, JP Morgan in Sales and Trading, um, respectively, this summer. And through this, we've had various mentors at these banks, as well as um, the sort of mentors um, of our other board members who are also working at these amazing institutions. And we've brought in these professionals who are already working in finance as speakers for, for our um, events for both our high school girls, but also our college network. And um, so that's one way we've used the network, just having these connections within the finance industry to sort of bring their own experiences and teach our high school girls about what they've been going through. The second way we really um, leverage the professional network is for our own um, advisory board. So um, obviously our structure is Anish and I are the co-founders, and we also have a board of college students who are working closely with us. And above us, we have um, certain advisors who are these amazing um, women in finance, and they give us a lot of advice on how we can better run our organization and what we can do um, to improve moving forward. And lastly, we are really trying to work with other nonprofits in the financial literacy literacy space because we really believe that it's important to all work together towards achieving our mission as you said we can't do this alone and so we really hope to expand our network moving forward to include more nonprofits as and as well as other banks and financial institutions who can sponsor us and help us put on more events and more things like that just following on from that, how important do you think the university environment was in starting out your little startup company? Really helpful to be, you know, in the university environment as we've been working on founding our nonprofit. But I certainly also don't think that, you know, the two um, need each other to exist. So I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from entrepreneurship if they are not in a university setting. That being said, um, you know, being at Yale and having Grace at Oxford has been really, really helpful in getting us off the ground and connecting us with resources. Um, when we first started out our venture, we were fortunate enough to be accepted to an accelerator at Yale, um, and that program kind of helped us um, connect with mentors, receive some funding, and um, attend lots of workshops and networking events and so forth. That really helped us, you know, get our bearings and um, figure out what direction we wanted to take the organization in. Um, so. And we worked a lot with Sci City, which is another, um, you know, incubator type program at Yale that 
um, helps startups and um, early stage ventures. Um, then we were really fortunate and were able to get into the Oxford Demo Day um, in all 2020, I believe, and that also connected us with lots of resources. So you can kind of see there's an ongoing theme of, um, you know, taking advantage of university resources to expand our network and receive funding and mentorship and so forth. Um, right now, we're a part of Yes Incubator, which is an incubator at Yale that is connecting us with other um, nonprofits and startups in, in our area that are kind of doing similar things or going through similar stages of um, startupness, I suppose. And we're also currently um, a finalist for the Yale Innovators Prize, which we'll be pitching for on Saturday. So um, lots of university tangential, university adjacent or university resources that have really helped you know, us spread our mission and um, find resources. So it's definitely been wonderful to work in this environment and have our startup um, exist while we're undergrads, but certainly wouldn't discourage anyone from pursuing if they weren't in a university environment either. Very open-ended answer, but thank you. It was a really good answer actually for my question. And good luck for your pitch on Saturday. I hope that goes really well for you both. Um, so Thank just you. finally, <laughs> to move on to somewhat, I'm kind of interested to hear more about the actual culture of your organisation, I mean, how it's run. Obviously, I've got you both here, so I'll just ask what kind of leadership do you think you both bring? As in, like, are you hoping to lead by example for the girls that you're going to inspire, having set up your own company and encourage them to move into kind of the business and the financial world? Yes, um, for sure. So I'll answer this um, in two parts. Um, first of all, um, just in our organization, um, we try to have a very flat structure with our board. So all of our board members run a specific committee, they have a specific task, and we really want to give them as much freedom as possible to do what they want with that role. And we kind of recruit people based on their skills and based on their passion, and then we trust them. So if they have an idea, we think that they should run with it, and we really give them full autonomy. And then obviously Anish and I try to coordinate and make sure um, we have a smooth sailing ship. And I think that this has been very successful so far. Um, we have currently our board is um, eight women from many different universities and we wanna continue to expand this structure so that we can continue to grow. And then um, onto the second part, um, we think that we do help empower our alumni to also lead <laughs> once they graduate from our program. So this is through our high school um, chapter program. Um, our alumni are eligible to become ambassadors of the program, and this gives them the opportunity to actually teach um, their, our curriculum to their high school friends and people at their school who may not have the opportunity to join our program. So they get the opportunity to teach them, to run discussions, and kind of empower these girls the way we try to empower them. And on top of this role, we actually have a more selective position on our national board. And the, this is a national board of our high school ambassadors. And here we have these girls um, given the opportunity to help us on our bigger projects. So for example, we're trying to plan our first ever uh, national conference with all our alumni. And we also are trying to recruit these girls to help us with our social media. And eventually we're going to launch a podcast or blog. And all these ideas are coming from our high school girls. So we want to give them this opportunity to lead and to use female finance as a platform for them to implement their own ideas and help us just grow as a whole. 
perhaps here we are, I can come and feature on one of your podcasts when you eventually launch those. That sounds also exciting. It's so refreshing to hear such a yeah, company growing. Um, as you say, you have definitely got a successfully smooth sailing ship. Um, so I just want to wonder, obviously, as you started this company yourself, how hard do you think it is to evaluate? Not that I'm asking you to be critical of your own startup company, but how do you know you're doing it right? That's a great question. I think it's really important to have a, a solid feedback loop and a way to like receive criticisms and grow from them. Um, I think Grace and I uh, work really well together as founders because we are you know, open to being critical of our own work and each other's work and giving constructive advice. But the way we've been re you know, receiving feedback and evaluating ourselves most successfully has been by um, relying on our mentors and most specifically our advisory board. Um, as we got started with our venture, we were reached out to and reached out to by a lot of people in the professional world us and um, quickly accumulated many mentors in the like professional finance world so um, we wanted a, a good way to kind of aggregate their advice and have all these wonderful people helping us be able to put their heads together so um, we created a, an advisory board with all of our mentors that had been really invested in our project and um, they are kind of um, key in giving us feedback and in evaluating our progress so um, they've been really helpful in offering constructive criticisms offering you know helpful suggestions and pointing out what's going well and what could be going better and we make sure to you know constantly use them as our sounding board for ideas and um, have them evaluate us as we make changes to our organization and grow our organization um, the other side of that coin of you know evaluating and receiving feedback is making sure that we are open-minded to feedback from our program participants so we always have you know feedback surveys after every lecture and feedback um, surveys after every program to see how they feel like we could be helping them more because at the end of the day these high school girls are the are the young women that we're trying to impact and it's easiest to help them and impact them if we have their feedback as well Oh, sounds all very prudent. There's so many good structures you guys have got going on here. Um, I don't know whether this is true for you both, but certainly for myself, I found myself in, you know, in isolation and lockdown, definitely evaluating how things were going. And so just to finally move on to the elephant in the room, which clearly is coronavirus these days. Um, but how well do you think Females for Finance has managed to ride the coronavirus wave? Like, obviously, you've got online platforms. So do you think it was quite easy for you to just carry on as normal? Or how have you managed to benefit or indeed be disadvantaged by COVID-19 as a whole, would you say? Well, I think that COVID actually, I wouldn't say benefited female for finance, but I think that we definitely would not have had female for finance without COVID. It was really during um, the initial quarantine um, when Anissa came with me, um, came to me with the idea that, oh, we should try to do something in a virtual um, format. And we figured that we could run this program virtually and it would be actually quite optimal because now we could have an unlimited reach um, with high school girls from all over the world whereas if we had done this in person we'd perhaps be only limited to people in new haven or um, other students at yale so we think that um, covid19 has really allowed us to start the program and get an unlimited reach and i think moving forward we are probably going to stick with the online format because it's just the most accessible way. 
Definitely. Although that being said, there have been um, some challenges with COVID. For example, Anisha and I have not actually been in person together um, this entire time since um, we started it in August 2020. And the time differences have definitely been tough with our board across five different time zones. But that's been fun adapting to that. Oh, I should say thank you again, Anisha, for joining us and <laughs> trying to schedule it to match in everyone's time zones. Oh, brilliant. I didn't realise you guys had started this in course, it's 2020. The time's been warped. Oh, but the hats off to you both for kind of doing something so productive with your time and meaningful and reaching out to so many people in so many different ways. And I'm sure you have inspired so many girls uh, to date and will continue to do so. So just, just to wrap up, I suppose, have you got any concluding thoughts or advice for anyone but particularly any high school girls listening to this so this advice is addressed to um, any university students listen listening and i'd say that if you have an idea for a company or an organization you want to do i'd say you should just really go with it because being a university student um, as anisha said is really the best time to start a company you have so many resources and opportunities and people are just super nice and willing to network with you and help you and so if you want to start your own company i recommend doing it now and the best way to get started is not to overthink things and plan everything too minutely i think just diving in which has been our approach so far is the best way and then you can learn through trial and error and secondly to any high school girls i would just say that um it's important to keep an open mind and try as many things as possible. Obviously try to expose yourself to the finance world, but if you don't like it, that's totally fine too. Um, just really try to form your own opinion on what type of like academic field you'd wanna pursue in college. Cause it's most important that you're interested in it, not your parents or what society thinks. So just kind of do what you love. Anisha, anything to add? <laughs> Brilliant answer. Yes, I would love to add to that. I think Grace really hit the nail on the head, but um, this is a little bit bigger picture, but I would just say that, um, you know, not to shy away from um, putting yourself in a space or being in a room where you're the only person that looks like yourself or perhaps you're the only person with a particular unique background. Um, so if a door is closed to you, um, just shove the door down and go in anyway. Um, and Though those types of things and experiences might be a little bit intimidating, um, it's worth it to kind of chip away at things like that and put yourself in, you know, situations that where perhaps you're the only person there and start, you know, breaking down barriers in that respect. But um, yes, on the topic of entrepreneurship as well, I definitely agree with Grace and um, there's no better time to start a venture than right now. Well, on that note, on that bombshell, thank you so much for that. Inspiring to listen to your base. And I hope all of our listen listeners have also enjoyed this episode of this discussion. Thank you both for joining us.